1: Red, red robbing comes, bump bob, bump, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you head, Get up, get up, get out of the bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, love and be happy. What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. But still I listen for When he starts rubbing his own sweet song I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along
2: the cup after Plymouth ends our unbeaten run I just don't know how any of us will get over this one we'll give it a go though welcome to Charlton Charlton Live Um, welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. My name is uh, Louis Mendez. We'll be looking back at the 1-0 defeat, unfortunately, against Plymouth. Uh, in the first round of the FA Cup, the Addicts are out of the competition for another year, unfortunately. So we'll be discussing that. Joining me on the pod to do that. Uh, first up is uh, Terry Smith. How are you doing, Tell Are you over it yet?
3: Yes, I think just about. I
2: think it
3: took me about, oh, I don't know, 30 seconds.
2: Oh. Well, that's good. I've heard that rumour before, but um, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll worry about that another time. And also, a man who I'm sure was over it within 30 seconds as well, Benji Cloak. How are you doing, Ben?
4: Yeah, all good. Thank
2: you, Louis. Yeah, are you over it? And does it take you 30 seconds?
4: Yeah, I'm all over FA Cup fever now. I had it, <laughs> but it's gone now.
2: Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. But uh, we will look back at uh, yesterday's game on the, on this evening's show. We'll hear the highlights uh, shortly, we've also got the post match reaction uh, of Addict's boss Lee Boyer, which is some interesting stuff in there about players that, that were involved yesterday. Uh, we're also here with the Addict's boss uh, makes of the Papa John's trophy, which we're playing at uh, Late in, Orient in on Tuesday. Um, you may have heard he doesn't like it that much, uh, so <laughs> we'll have a little discussion about that. We've got your tweets and emails to come to as well. And don't forget, we've also got Lee Fender, uh, a Chomp fan based out in Australia, who was uh, the uh, sort of the mastermind behind uh, these shirts for kids campaign that's been going on over the last few weeks so uh, if you don't understand about that we'll uh we'll have lee explain to you what that was all about there's a really nice thing that lee organized there so uh just quickly then tell before we hear the highlights of yesterday's game uh a defeat in the end um i guess you know if we had to lose a game this season you much rather is in the fa cup than in the league um but uh, you do have to look at look at the performance because even though bowie made eight changes there were players within that side that you'd expect to have played better than they did, and I think that was probably the, the the biggest point of disappointment for Lee Bayer after the game.
3: Yeah, I think that's spot on. I mean, it, look, I should say I, I don't like losing any game, and, uh, and thirty six is probably an exaggeration. But uh, you know, you you then sort of mull it over and, and you put it into perspective a little bit after a bit after a while. But no, losing any game hurts, and you don't want to lose one. But you know, and, and yeah, Lee afterwards I think was more miffed about. Um, players that he'd, he'd expected to step up, I think. Um, I'm not sure whether that's entirely fair as well, by the way, but, you know, you talk about Madison being one of them, the, um, you know, first proper game uh, since he joined us, really. He had that sort of six-minute cameo earlier on in the season, but basically it's his first game. All he's done is, is train, and you, you can't replace Matt Sharpness uh, in training. So um, I think um, it, uh, he's one player that will improve. You would expect him to, at least. But I think what um, what Lebo hinted at in the post-match, as you'll hear later, is that you know it wasn't so much the um, you know the touch being slightly off or the passing being slightly off or shooting when he should have passed. It was it's the effort, and I think he demands effort regardless whether you, whether you're playing well or you're not. And I think by the way he, um, he approached his press, uh, post-match was that uh, he didn't think he got that from every player yesterday.
2: Yeah, and that is something obviously that, that Bo does demand, and like I say that'd be why he was so disappointed. Ben, obviously you watched it on the on the stream at home. Um, Did you feel like you had an afternoon's worth of entertainment there? Was there any anything you could take from that game as, as a positive?
4: Well, I think the main positive was that we didn't get any injuries. And I think going into it, that's what Bo said. As long as we don't get any injuries, that'll be the main thing we take from it. And plus players got minutes in their legs, the players that needed Needed the minutes, i.e. Adam Matthews and Marcus Madison, two key players that we need to get minutes under their belts. But other than that, I think first half we we didn't look that good and it it took us to the last 15 minutes where we've looked like we might get something to take it through to to extra time. Um, But other than that, can't say it was too exciting.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I think that is the story of our cup campaigns. uh, More often than not, uh, anyway, right, let's have a listen to the highlights then of yesterday's game. Very brief, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, your commentators on Valley Pass, as always, uh, were Greg Stubbley and our very own Terry Smith. John ...surviving, they bring it out now with Forster Kasky. Rides one challenge, superbly. Well out here to Madison
3: on the right. Anike asking for the ball. Madison keeps it into the penalty area. Drives it in, takes the shot. Comfortably wide right of the post. But... Uh... God, an, uh, That's stuff. the sort of football we expect Chant to play And they've done really well to pick the pocket of Plymouth They try to bring it out and Madison has it Left edge of the penalty, it takes a shot Oh, oh my word, the keeper would have nowhere near that If that had been on target, the keeper was getting nowhere near to that He had no idea that was going just to
5: the left of, or left of his post To Levitt, has got two for company, he's kept hold of it brilliantly And finds Williams, backwards to Levitt Lovely oh. ball to find Madison. Madison space he'll go for oh. goal over the bar. Probably should have done a little bit better. He's a little bit disappointed, but great play from Dylan now Further out goes backwards to Edwards. Crosses the ball and takes the deflection. Falls away of Hardy with the shot. And it's hit the stanchion. It does but it heads backwards and it falls nicely for Plymouth on a break. And Perrington's committed himself and not got there. And as Kamara finds Chefcott. He's got man over in Hardy. Ball across finds Hardy, or oh, it's just wayward, and that gets Chelten back in. The pounds area, but Hardy's still with it. Ball across, goals, parried by Maynard Brewer. Shot from Gold, oh, Great
0: what challenge that is.
5: from Charlie Barker. Brilliant defending from the Charlton man as Perrington clears. And is well held by Maynard Brewer. And that is the half-time whistle as both teams, both Charlton and Plymouth, go into the half-time break. Gobless, thought it was a fair challenge from the Charlton left-back. Kjærneson takes it quickly to Inisul. Oh, Let's the ball bounce and then Hardy oh, nips in. Hardy clear on goal and, oh, and comes out, gets the initial save and then clears it away. That's really good, good goalkeeping. <laughs> And Mayer picks it up on the left hand right, side. Right, and right. Well tackle, tackled tackle and well read by Matthews to bring it out for Chalmers. He's on a run now out of Matthews. Approaching the halfway line across to Morgan. Morgan goes right to Madison. That's a lovely ball. Madison's got an opportunity to take on Watts. Approaching the pound here. Madison gets onto his right foot. Still in the pound here. Still with Madison across goal. goal and oh, it's behind know. Morgan. Oh, the run was good, the yep. final ball was just behind now. Plymouth get to the ball, second ball first, as Fauna gets ahead of Fosikaskia now, Mayers on a run, he's got the overlap of Moore, approaching the pounds here, reverse ball, finds Moore, it's a challenge, and now Jeffcott with the shot, and Jeffcott scores, Charlton claiming offside. Their effort's going to vain as Plymouth had the lead, just going up to 60 minutes, it's that man Luke, Jeffcott he just can't stop scoring for Argyle this season,
3: opens the account he couldn't miss because uh, he was left on the edge of the six-yard box on his own can't tell whether he was offside Morgan swings it in, right footed towards the six-yard box and
5: he came well,
3: heads over got there, just couldn't get over the top of it on the corner of the penalty area, takes it, left foot chip ball across, and it's a lovely header by Perrinton, it's blocked away and saved away by Cooper, uh, Matthew's coming over saying I'll throw it in long, Innes has stayed forward in front of the tunnel area with Matthews sends it in to the edge of the six-yard box. Innis is there, gets something on this as well, and it's a flick! Oh. Back flick from Barker <laughs> that was going into the top of the net and tipped over the bar by Cooper. That's a great improvisation from the into up. the corner. Motson trying to get there. That is the final whistle. And this first round, FA Cup tires finished
2: with Plymouth. Coming out the winners. Oh, Terry, it just gets you, your heart racing to hear it all again, doesn't it? <laughs> um, uh, in fairness, though, we did ne- nearly took it into extra time with that, that chance from, from Charlie Barker late on. But I th- I think, overall, Plymouth probably deserved to go through more. I think they created a few more chances than we did. Obviously, Ryan Lowe decided not to make any changes from the side that beat Swindon in midweek. So they were taking it quite seriously. And... Um, yeah, like I say, I, I, think, I think they more than edged it for me. I, I don't know if it, what you made of it, Tell.
3: No, I think, that's, again, that's fair. I think uh, possession-wise, it was probably fairly even, I think. But um, I think they, they had far more attacking intent than us. And in Kamara, they had, I think, comfortably the best player on the pitch. He, uh, he was their main threat. Uh, throughout the whole game, everything seemed to come through him. And I think what it showed for us is that when we don't have our first eleven out there, you know that midfield is such a key area, and, and we don't have somebody who can, for want of a better word, stand on somebody like Kamara, stop him playing the way he did. Uh, he, he just ran the show for them, and we had nobody really enough uh, to, to combat that. And I think you, you, you miss you miss then the likes of uh, of Shinney and all uh, Watson and Prattley. You would there's no way they'd have let him run the show the way he did if if they'd have been playing. So, you know, in that respect, it was. Um, it was i wouldn't say to be expected but if you've got nobody that can combat that we're always up against it and um i think we mentioned madison earlier on i think all their attacking intent with kamara tended to play mostly on the right side uh came through Mayer or more down that right side the goal came from that direction and simply i think matthews didn't have the cover because um madison was, was still he's still feeling his way into the side i guess um, I think he was left uh, fairly isolated for most of that game yesterday, and I think it showed. Um, and we didn't really have the attacking guile. I think um, that's that's probably a disappointment for. Um, for, for Lee Bowyer and, and the fans, I think there are a few players you can you can exempt from any criticism. Charlie Barker, really, uh, Benji just mentioned was, I mean, you know, the kid for 17 is just an outstanding prospect, and I think we've uh, we've, we've unearthed a gem there. Uh, I think Albie played reasonably well without really um, stamping his, his his mark on it. Uh, I think Chucks was again a little bit isolated at times. Um, so, you know, I think it's one of those ones. Maybe the best thing we can get from it is, as Benji said again, no injuries. We learn from it. You know what the players that are out there—if they didn't know before—they know what they've, uh, what to what Lebo expects from them. So hopefully, it won't happen again.
2: Yeah, it was it was Lou Jepcott who got the goal. Ben for Plymouth, uh, just on the hour mark, he's their top scorer. He's got six already uh, this season now. After after yesterday, a bit, bit of a scrappy one, um, you know, and, and not the sort of goal that we have been. Conceding too often, obviously, over the last the the last few weeks, we had that amazing run of of, of clean sheets that came to an end on Tuesday. So, I mean, again, I, you you probably overanalyze a game like this where where there were changes and and the outcome's not that important to us, unfortunately. But uh, frustration with the, the way the that Jepcott was able to to pick up quite a simple chance inside our our penalty area like that.
4: Well, I think Tell just mentioned it just then, where he said that. Matthews had no cover, so Matthews was up, up the other end of the pitch, running back. They kind of broke on us, and um, he's made a really good block tackle as he's it, as come across. He slid in there, and unfortunately, has failed to Jeffcott, and um, he's finished it like a striker would, on a plate and, and into the net, which is a shame um, that it fell to him, because other than that, I think Maynard Brewer uh, made a really good performance in goal. I was going to say, I wonder if, I know Bo said uh, Barker and Aniki could come out of it with anything. But I'm pretty sure Maynard Brewer could, because I was quite impressed with him. There were a couple of good saves he made, especially one where he really could have given away a penalty, but he timed it really well. Um, So I felt a bit bit sad for him that a goal got conceded in that way, where he couldn't really do anything. It was a tap-in for the guy. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, we could have... Had a little bit of cover down that right side. Just Matthew seemed to be um, a bit isolated down there. When he got forward, there was no one ahead of him to use. But overall, look, we lost 1-0. We just lost our first game in, what, eight games now. So we can't be too disappointed. But overall, we just didn't really, as as Terrell said earlier, I think Plymouth deserved the win overall.
2: Yeah, it, it it was our lack of a creative spark yesterday, Tal, that I think was pr- was probably what, one of the more disappointing things. Um Lee you mentioned, and we'll, and we'll hear it in his post match that we we again, and it does happen a lot for us we do get the ball in and around the penalty area without really getting the bodies in there. And and obviously it hasn't been a problem when we've been uh, keeping all these clean sheets, but obviously you, you, you have a game where you don't score and, and you don't really attack the box as much as you would like to. And and that'd be a disappointment. And it's, it is looking at the lineup that was in there. So the likes of obviously uh, Marcus Madison, that we'll talk about a bit more in in a minute, but you know, Johnny Williams, you'd expect to be getting forward in there and Albie, um I, I think i think that's probably the disappointment. Uh, both said that chooks came out of it with some some uh, some positivity yesterday but it, it was just a bit flat really. i don't i don't think that, the, that our best chance didn't really come until that 8 minutes of added time at, a, at the uh, end of the second half when when charlie barker almost scored a a, a quite audacious flick towards goal.
3: Yeah, you're right, but I think um, also in that you should um, really, when we played the formation we did, which was a well, four-three-three with Williams and Madison either side of, of Anikes, If you're going to play a, an outright four-three-three, you'd expect Williams and, and Madison to be alongside or at least very close to Chucks when the ball gets played up to him, and that wasn't always the case because, um, you know, firstly Johnny Williams, I think, spent most of his time as as he's you know as he's expected to covering. Uh, Covering Um uh, and also we didn't really win enough ball in that midfield to to give him the service most of the game. I think um, Johnny Williams suffers when we haven't got ball winners, uh, proper ball winners in, in midfield, because he feeds off that. And I think um, he, he again he looked a lot he looked very isolated and far too far away from Chucks for most of the time. I think the most attacking threat, actually, especially in the first half, did come from Madison. But again, that rustiness that uh, that people were talking about first going back uh, after a while, first game, his proper game he's played for, I don't know how long, months. Um, you know, there were times when he was in, he shot and he was keen to, he was forcing it, I think. He was keen to get, to uh, make his mark. There were times when he had layoffs that he could have done. Uh, he could have played, the, but there was one particular time he could have slotted in. Chucks and he came probably. We'd have ended up with a goal. There was another time I think um, Albie Morgan was making a, round to, a run round to his right, we, we could, we could have set him up, and it was the obvious ball. But he, you know, I think he was desperate to try and impress, and he, he went for the shot, which probably, um, you know, ten games into a, his season, if he's played every game, he might get on target and probably uh, score a couple. But um, while he is a bit ring rusty, that that didn't happen. So, uh, I think I think it's just down. on it. we look at you know we've got a good squad, but I think when you make wholesale changes, that you know it, it, it's tougher to work. If you make little tweaks, you know when, from the, from what you would expect to be our our first eleven, if you if you make two or three changes, I think it can still work. It, you know players can dovetail. When you make eight, it's it's tough, and I think um, and that's why I think in hindsight and after thinking about it. I'm not quite so bothered about the the whole thing because it was clearly an exercise where we we, we were shielding players rather than wanting to win the game that desperately, if you get what I mean. And so, you know, making that amount of changes, I don't think there are too many squads that would cope and and look as fluent as as we have done in previous weeks when you do something like that.
2: Mm, But I I guess I I would say that if you looked at that team yesterday, you'd say the majority of them would be considered a first team. You know, you could see that being a first team in the league. Um, You know, Maynard Brewers more than good enough to, to be a goalkeeper who could start in league one. Um, In fact, yeah, all, all of that starting 11 yesterday, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, your chin wouldn't hit the floor if they started a game in, in League One at all, you know, including obviously Dylan Levitt, the lights. you know, online from Man United hasn't started too many, but you would expect him to be in and around the first team, Ben. So you can see why I think Bo probably expected more. Now, I, th- I think we ought to talk about Marcus Madison because, you know, he was the one that everyone was so excited to see. And I actually think, you know, in, in, in the opening 20 minutes or so, you could see how eager to impress he was. He was the one who was desperately... Trying to make something happen, probably taking on shots when he didn't didn't need to, because like I say, I think he was he was eager to sort of uh, sort of make a mark for himself. Uh, Bo said after, and again we'll, we'll hear what what, what Lee's post match reaction is in a minute, but he did say after uh, about the rustiness. He did say he'll have to work harder if he wants to play for me as well. So clearly, Bo saw a couple of things he didn't like and and some some bits where there's some room for improvement as as well. So what what did you make of Marcus's first you know first start in a Charlton shirt?
4: I think I'd agree with a lot of what you just said there. I think he really wanted to try and make his mark on the game a bit too much. In the first half, he made a really good run. uh, And I think there was Johnny and Chuck to the far post waiting for a ball from him. And he he smashed it wide, uh, which, look, we've seen him do it playing for Peterborough, where he's taken on a few and smashed it in the back of the net. We know he's got it in his locker. But maybe at the moment, just when you're getting yourself back into the game, he, he probably should have chose a different option. But as you so rightly said, he wanted the ball the time, which was good to see. He he wanted to make his mark on the game. I think in the second half, he, uh, he made a really good run and he cut it back, which was really good. But unfortunately, three of our players were all on top of each other instead of spacing out. Uh, otherwise, I could have seen us getting an equaliser there. That was good play. But look, he's he's the Maverick kind of player. Uh he's he's one of those players that can pick up the ball and do something special. So it's gonna take him a little while to to get going. He didn't have a preseason. That's why I think, as Boya so rightly said, it was a good game for players getting minutes against good opposition. Plymouth are eighth in the table, as we've said earlier in the show, that they didn't change their team from the midweek game in the league, so we were up against good opposition. So it was it was a game we could go against with players that needed minutes, but a team have got good quality. So we had players like Dylan that I thought he had uh, came in patches yesterday, Dylan Levitt. There were some times where I think he got a bit overrun, but then again, as we said, Prattley and Watson normally would be there to help him out in that position to make him play because he did play some really good balls yesterday as well but yeah going back to madison i think look, he, he played against a team that um as i said are doing well this season and he, he did cause some problems but probably just made the wrong decision a couple of times but look he hasn't had a pre-season. Let's see how he, he gets on. I don't know if he'll get a game in the uh, pizza trophy on Tuesday. If he does, that'll be good. Get him some more minutes to, to get him firing. But look, he's a promising player that can do something for us. So let's give him time.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Anyone's going to get a game in the pizza trophy after Lee Bowyer's explosive uh, uh, comments about that cup, uh, which, again, we'll uh, discuss later on. So, tell us, the first time we've been knocked out in the first round of the FA Cup since the uh, Northwich-Victoria game. So, you know, it could have been worse, I guess. Could It could have got out in more uh, in more emphatic style.
3: I'll tell you what, you see some of the results um, from the first round... Uh, outside of our game, and, uh, you know, there was plenty of examples of, of that type of result going off. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, as Lebo, Lebo is, and, and funnily enough, I, um, I talked to him in the uh, in the press conference um, just before the uh, the game on a Friday, and I asked him if he'd had any um, uh, favourite moments from FA Cups. You know, did he have any uh, special moments or special memories from, from his experience in the FA Cup? And he went, no. And he said, "Why? Because I never won it." He said, "I got to the semi-finals a couple of times, but I didn't win it. So if I didn't win, if I don't win anything, I have no special memories of it whatsoever." So he's he's very pragmatic in that respect. He thinks, uh, "Well, if I'm never going to win something, then I'm not going to be too bothered about it." And as uh, and, as you'll hear in a minute, I think it, you know he doesn't think we were uh, we were likely to win it this time around either. So going out in the first round is exactly the same as going out and going out in the semi-finals, as far as he's concerned.
2: Mm, yeah, and this year would be the absolute worst year to win the FA Cup exactly as well. If we that, yeah. we went on some some mad run to the final and we weren't allowed as a League One club and we weren't allowed to be that must That must mean that the only competitions that Lee Bayer has any interest in now is League One because he's won a playoff in that and the uh, well the League Cup because he won that with Birmingham. He hates the Premier League because he never won that, hates the championship because he got relegated. Uh, don't get him started on the Pizza Cup because, uh, well, we will because it is quite funny. But anyway, let's hear Lee Bowyer's reaction then uh, to yesterday's defeat in the FA Cup. We caught up with him uh, via Zoom after the game. Uh, I asked the Addicts boss what he made of it. Um, Quite an even
6: game, I thought. At times, we moved the ball well. When we did, we caused them problems. Um, didn't have enough people prepared to... I'm forward getting a box to, to score a goal. Um, I thought we put some great balls across the box. And not enough people in there. Um, I was disappointed with some performances. People that you, you give them a chance now and you say, come on and like persuade me why you play in the next league game. None of them, none of them. Um, one of them new lads that, that came back into the side from from Tuesday night said to me, "Yeah, I'm I'm your man." Uh and Nikkei, I thought done well. Thought it was a problem for him all day. Charlie Barker, I thought defended really well. We um, said to him there today was a good learning day for Charlie. Like he he you um, can't win every challenge, you know. <laughs> uh, his enthusiasm and his hunger um, was excellent, but then you give some silly fouls away, which is learning. Like this is this is why we play with these boys in, in the cup. Um, at the end, there, right at the end, he's against a big forward, uh, Noble, and he's trying to get tight, and he's rolling him, and then running running towards our goal. So, but apart from a couple of minor things, I thought he done very very well. Um, so yeah, a couple of performances. <clears throat> Ash the goalie, didn't have nothing to do, <laughs> apart from a save at the end there when we're pushing forward and picked the ball out the net. Um, but yeah, apart from apart from a couple of them, no one um, no one jumped out at me and and that disappoints me.
2: Yeah, because you, uh, you made eight changes today, but I don't think anyone was looking at that team sheet and saying, oh, it's a weak one or anything like that. There's a lot of players that you'd expect to be in in and around it, really. So is that the, the disappointing thing? They didn't quite hit the level that, that some of the first team have over the last few weeks.
6: Yeah, yeah. And and the, some of the first players that have been making appearances were poor. Were poor. I've just said there to Madison, like, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt there, but... Um, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because that's his first minutes for us at all. Apart from like two or five minutes or whatever he'd done the other week. So he's just come back from, from an ankle injury and, and he's the one exception that you can give a bit of leeway to. But not the rest of them. Not the rest of them. It's, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't good enough. Especially in the final third. We got into some great positions and then just so, so sloppy just giving it away cheaply. In and around their box, not good. Not good.
1: Yeah, what,
2: what did you make of Marcus today? Because, as, as you say, it's his first start and he hasn't played a lot at all. But, I mean, certainly in the opening exchanges, he looked really easy. You know, taking on shots and, and things like that. What did you make of his, his first performance?
6: Rusty. That If I was to use one word, it would be rusty. Um, at times, you can see he's trying to do the right thing. Uh, but it's just not coming off for him. So, but he's if uh, if he wants to play for me, he's going to have to work harder. Um, I I know that, and I don't trust his. I don't doubt his ability. Um, I know that will come with time. That's why we we had to probably push him a little bit today to to start. Um, He'll start again on Tuesday, hopefully. As long as he's come through this unscathed, then he'll start again Tuesday, and we need to get as many minutes into him, but sensibly, to get him game time, so then he can he can start tidying up on that rustiness that, that he he's clearly got. But you can tell he's seeing the right things; it just couldn't make it happen today. But that that's, that just takes time.
2: Obviously, in this, this season where everything's being truncated and squeezed in and you've got so many games upon games, like, uh, there's probably worse seasons to be out of the FA Cup in the, in the first round. Do you think it's fair to say that?
6: I oh, know, for sure. For sure. I've said all along, like, I? I never, ever, ever prioritise the Cups. Like, no, no disrespect, but we're not going to win it. We're playing in a stupid um, fixture list. With the amount of games in such a short space of time—Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday—it's just ridiculous. And then they—they they want to chuck this cup in there and and this this other cup that we're playing on Tuesday. Like it's stupid. The the the, the human beings, the players—they're not flipping machines. So, uh, am I disappointed that I'm out of the cup? Not really, not really, not in a disrespectful way because I love the cup. But the league's more important to me, and 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 always always has been because. Try and give us stupid games into playing a short amount of time.
3: You mentioned it already, but uh, can you temper the disappointment of, of losing that? And you know, you look at the team you put out, and um, you mentioned Madison's rustiness. Uh, again, another side of back four that wouldn't have played together. It's it's just a, a learning curve for everybody. Uh, and losing's never a great thing, but uh, in terms of the whole scheme of things, uh, a bit of a throwaway game, I guess.
6: Yeah, like I said, he. I've taken it. Like I said to you, I think it was yesterday, Terry, that I believe that the side that I put out is strong enough to win the game. And and it was. I wasn't lying. you got Johnny Williams on one wing, Chucks and EK up top, who've done really well, Chucks and EK, by the way. And then you've got Madison on the other wing. Like them front three, they're good. But the two wide ones weren't good enough today. Like I said, Madison, I give him the benefit of that. In midfield, we... we Dylan Levitt, Jake Forsyth, Cassie and Albie Morgan, right? That's that's not a bad midfield. Back four: Adam Matthews, Ben Purton, two good fullbacks. Ryan, good centre half. Young Charlie Barker done well. Didn't look out of place to me. So, and, and young young Ash in goal, outstanding goalie. So that that was good enough to win. Disappointing thing is that yeah. We were sloppy and, and, and things wasn't wasn't how they should have been. Tried to complicate the game too many times.
3: We looked uh, a lot more lively after you made the subs. Connor and James Venice coming on, both made uh, made decent contributions in terms of just livening the whole thing up, and we certainly looked more likely in that last half hour. Yeah, yeah
6: we was on the front foot, I think, but we huffed and we puffed. Ferns uh, probably would be better at the header. He Send it back the way it's come, as a goal. Um, yeah, well, some good balls in, but no one gambling uh, to, to get on the end of it inside the six yard box. Some good things, some bad things, but yeah, overall we're at the cup, I'm pleasing away. And um, we got. I was going to say
3: the uh, the little back flick from uh, Charlie Barker just at the end there that nearly nearly got us back on level terms. It might have been a double edged sword because you're had to play in another half hour.
6: Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I didn't want. So. Um, but the most important thing is we've got some valuable minutes into into players. Like, I think it's important. Jake got another 80, 85 minutes, whatever he got into him. Because like, he's one of them that we have to rotate. Johnny Williams is one we have to rotate. And we've got a few of them. Chucks is, is another one. We've got 60, 60 in the Chucks a day. That's massive. That's massive for Chuck. So, uh, especially after he got that, that little injury before. We've had to bed him in the last couple of subs. Now I know I can play from the start for sixty, which is which is big for me. For um, the league games going forward, we know now Chucks is, is ready to to start games if if we want him to.
2: Ready to pop the question.
5: he swings it towards the far post. Innes jumps, heads down, Bogle touches down. smash hey! hey!
1: smacks yeah.
5: it in! And Charlotte take the lead. That's a really well-worked corner. Innis with the head down, Bogle touches it. And Darren Prattley, the substitute, just smacks it into the roof of the net.
1: A who said I hate you.
2: Charlton Live. There we go. Welcome back to Charlton Live. Then that was Lee Bowyer after yesterday's uh, 1-0 defeat in the FA Cup. The Addicts out of the hat in the first round, unfortunately. Not a great day for the Cup, actually. I think uh, Charlton are out, Bromley are out, Hampton and Richmond are out. Uh, Yeah, basically all the the big ones are out, uh, Ben, aren't they? You'd you'd expect at least a little bit of Cup magic, but that's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Did you watch the Hampton game today? They gave it a good goal against Oldham, didn't they? But
4: yeah, that's that's. I was more looking forward to that than the Charlton yeah. game, to be honest. Because it meant it? more like, to them.
2: Yeah, the, the, this round of the FA Cup, when Charlton are in it, I never find it that interesting unless we're playing a non-league side, and it's the same. Like if Bromley are in the first round of the FA Cup, which they were yesterday, like you're buzzing. But for Charlton, it's just it just does not have that that FA Cup magic. And people were talking yesterday. I said um, about the the magic being diminished even further because, of course, there's no fans there. But the reality is the early rounds for a league one championship club that is not that exciting whereas if you're a non-league club then maybe they are a bit more but that's just the facts of it and and again i think we can see why boya wasn't that uh interested in 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 staying in the cup. Comp- i don't know if that's quite the right way of, of saying it but it's not he, he um wasn't that bothered that we went out right i did ask for some tweets and some emails uh on the game uh yesterday and and the cup so let's have a look at uh, some of those which uh, came in. Um, CAFC uh, on Twitter said, any other year I'd be quite annoyed about going out, but not this year, uh, particularly under these circumstances with all of these games. Yeah, I mean, we know there's so many games to be played uh, this season and it it, it it does mean I mean by the time we play in this Pizza Cup on Tuesday that'll be uh, eight games in the space of four weeks and it is just too much and it does explain why we pick up uh, little injuries like we saw for Akin Fainway for example a couple of weeks ago uh, Dorset Cholton says I know Boja says he doesn't care but every year we exit the Cup it's a reminder that we can't compete we don't have the squad and the same old concentrate on the league excuse has long since worn thin it's an annual source of embarrassment I look forward to the day when we can take the cup competition seriously now tell i saw this one earlier and you know i i, I accept that we have made eight changes but as, as we've been saying you know that 11 if we put that 11 out in a league side i don't think anyone would be too like no one would be pointing out saying oh my god we're not taking the league seriously um there, there was a squad out there that i think Lee you said before that he thought could go and win that game
3: yeah, I think you should absolutely say that. Liverpool put a side out there he expected to win the game uh, without question. And you're right. If you if you take that eleven in isolation, then um, you would expect them to to compete and, and possibly win the game. My my point earlier on was that if you take eleven players that haven't really played as a team before, it takes more than one game to get get up to speed. You need three or four or five, maybe even six games to get up to speed to to playing as a team. So you, that was my point earlier on about the you know the amount of uh, Squad rotation numbers that I didn't think did us any favors yesterday, but you know I I, I do like the stat about uh, people saying about you know we do rubbish in the cup and um, everybody does rubbish. If you look at everybody's stats, I mean we've had we fared better than most, I think. You know we've not that far away, got to quarterfinals uh, of the FA Cup and got to fourth rounds of the FA Cup. So um, I think people tend to uh, look at it with um, uh, a different set of glasses when because you look at oh we haven't we haven't. Progress past the third round for four years well us and about 300 other teams you know what i mean so um it, it, every now and again we'll do it and i think i think if um, if you look at what's happening with our club now i think you know it, give it two or three years you know give it give it some time for for some proper investment in in the club not just in the plain side either but pr- proper investment in the club as we go forward and then if we're uh, in a position where even if we're just a stable championship side or uh, you know let's 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 dream a stable premiership side and if then we don't go for the cups <laughs> then i can understand people uh, having a, having a real dig but when we are where we are i think um you know just look at the bigger picture for me
2: yeah, certainly. Right. Uh, next tweet comes in from Coastman. Says I couldn't really care less. Uh, this year we are now a club with an owner who wants to target. Uh, who who wants targets achieved, uh, and a cup run isn't one of them. Promotion, promotion, promotion. End of. Gary Payne says there's only one cup. We want this year and it's the league one uh, title winning trophy. Yeah, I can understand uh, that one. Gary Michael says, given the impact of COVID on pro football, especially the two lower divisions, it could be argued that it's never in our history has been so important to get back to the greater financial security of the championship. For this reason, the cup was sadly just a dangerous uh, diversion. Uh, Phil says, expected result and not a performance uh, minutes Uh, sorry, expected result and it was not a problem. Minutes minutes into the few fringe players and those recovering from injury, with that lineup as basically a second string, we must be seeking automatic promotion. Christine May says it's disappointing and obviously a bit embarrassing, but we have bigger frish to to fry uh, onwards and hopefully upwards. Scott said, I'd be more annoyed if we got through to the third round and got a decent tie like we did in the League Cup this year with West Ham. Bit worried about Williams' fitness given he played 90 yesterday and will no doubt uh, feature in in the games for Wales yeah it's interesting Ben obviously like I sort of said earlier like the, the the part of the magic of the cup is those days out you get in the trophy and as, as Lee said we ain't going to win the thing unfortunately uh, definitely not now but um, you know if we had got Man United away in, in the third round I mean it, it'd be rubbish it, it'd, be, it'd mean nothing like that you know that chance to go to the London Stadium earlier on in the season it was just basically playing in a big empty bowl it wasn't exciting at all whereas you know you'd, you'd be devastated if we missed something like that
4: Exactly, mate. How many of us were gutted to see that we got West Ham, a new stadium for all of us to go to, local derby as well, and and we couldn't go. I mean, it's it's the year to not go far in the Cup. I mean, look at all those uh, teams that got in the playoff final uh, last season and couldn't see their team get promoted. How many of us can say that was one of our best days of supporting Charlton last a uh, couple of seasons ago when we got promoted to Wembley? So, look, it, it's we tried yesterday, as Tell said, we put out a good side, but if we're going to go out, we're going to go out this year. It doesn't matter mm. too much. We had some good days at, what was it, Tottenham third round when Jermaine De- Defoe smashed that second half hat-trick and then we lost to Fulham and, and Dempsey scored a hat-trick then. That was a bit deflating, but we had some good days out, but we can't do that this year.
2: Yeah, I do wonder if uh, some of our cup runs are the club just thinking, well, if a pandemic is coming, let's get out the cup now before we accidentally draw someone big. But who knows? Uh, who knows? Right? Nick uh, says not fussed. Uh, even if we got a decent tie in the second or third round, there'll be no fans there to witness it. Best to focus on getting out of this dross league and back into. At the Championship. A uh, couple of emails as well. Adam Biggs uh, from the Upbeat says, hello, was hoping to see Charlton get a goal yesterday. Uh, wanted to see a return to Wembley. And unfortunately, uh, that wasn't the case. Hope you're well. Adam Steve uh, says, hey, chaps, not concerned at all about the defeat or exiting the cup. Let us just concentrate on the league. I thought Bose was a bit harsh yesterday as I thought we played some decent stuff at times. I was really impressed with young Vennings when he came on and Barker continues to play beyond his years. Madison showed some flashes and you can certainly expect the amount of from distance and crosses to increase uh, when he plays. Same again on Tuesday in the Pizza Trophy. Play the kids and give the boys a rest. To quote Lord Bowes, it's a pathetic and a stupid competition. That's from Steve McLennan. Yeah, we're going to hear that rant from Lee Bowyer shortly because it is, it is a, a humdinger uh, from Bowes. Right, Mike Harrison says, Hi guys, I appreciate it. I'm probably in the minority. Uh, that the FA Cup still matters to me. As well as the chance of a big draw, it's a way of raising the club's profile. I felt that Boyer's attitude to the match, despite him saying that he wants to win every game, spread through to his team. His comments before the game, that we now have an opportunity for a bit of a rest, set a tone, and I suspect the players felt the same. We fielded a team good enough to win, but the tone and attitude was not as it could have been. I felt with our current form in mind, the same Charlton team if fielded against the same Plymouth team, but in the league would probably have won. I personally feel Lee Bowyer made a rare error in approach to this game, and we now have to watch the draw once again without a Charlton interest. Yeah, Bow did say, did describe the, the upcoming fortnight as two weeks off <laughs> before the game, so I, I guess that did give an indication of how, I mean, he's, al- he's always been the same, always been the same about the FA cup and I don't think it came as any real surprise.
3: No that's true but I mean I think the only thing I'd slightly disagree with in that email is um is it filtering through to the players. I mean I, I get I get I sort of get what he means and if it had been any anybody else then I'd I'd agree 100% but you can't tell me especially given the rant after the, after those rant after the game. You can't tell me that any of those players um, would have would have left the ground without uh, Boja's voice ringing in their ears about how disappointed he was a bit because you know when when I lose you've got to put in the put in the effort and you've got to put in in the performance and he he didn't feel he didn't feel he got that and I think his impression was that uh, and and as everybody said you know with that first 11 out there it's it's good enough to win the game the fact that they didn't and he was massively disappointed in that so I I don't I don't think uh, any player under Lee Boya can go out there thinking that they can just walk around uh, and not perform and not worry about whether they win or lose because I don't think that will ever be the case.
2: Excellent stuff. Right. Uh, what's coming up next I think uh, oh we've got one more email actually um, oh yeah this is from Larry so Terry you might want to speak about this gentleman as well because we had a nice email on Thursday's show uh, about Matt Tees who, who sadly uh, passed away last week and Larry uh, has shared his thoughts on uh, on the former uh, addicts player as well two things I vividly remember from the 68 69 season uh, was Graham Moore's fires uh, they were enormous uh, and Matt Tees heading ability Moore's fires were reminiscent of Jan Mulby at Liverpool Matt Tees was unbelievable in in the air. He could hang climb with the best of them, even better than Sean Bartlett in the air. He did have one floor. Nearly all of his footwork on the ball meant he fell over a lot. Um, uh, I will always remember his header against Arsenal in the Cup in 1969, uh, I think. He dived a foot off the ground for about a free foot to head a ball amongst an Arsenal back five that did not mind kicking a head instead of a ball um uh, i think it hit the post on narrowly miss my favorite player of the 60s rest in peace matt tees a very underrated player as was les berry in the 70s uh, larry says listen to most podcasts and enjoy them stay safe in these worrying times cheers larry and and yourself stay safe and thanks thanks for sharing your your memories of matt tees terry do you have, uh, is that a player that you admired from the the late 60s
3: well, I'll I'll read it uh, and I'll read this for you. Right, Curtis Foley, Moore, King, went Peacock, Teas, Gregory Campbell, Kinsey. That was the side that I first ever went to see at Chel, uh, back in 1967. And although I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, uh, I you know I vividly remember Matt Tees. I remember his reputation because um, obviously I was only six when I, when I first went to the Valley. So um, individuals. Uh, in the early days, at least, never really struck out. It took a couple of years before I started really picking up on that. But Matt Tees's reputation um, from a dad who uh, uh, who thought he was a great player and, and uh, unbeatable in the air, from uh, from memory, was that um, he, he he struck me as a sort of player that every player loved playing with, you know. And uh, and if you're a strike partner, I think you've got goals on the back of Matt Tees because of what he could do in the air. Um, and, and always remember people telling me how fearless he was, and uh, and uh, you know, and how opposition, no opposition player wanted to play against him. So, you know, he, he, I think he was fondly remembered, certainly um, from everybody I know who's ever spoken to him or ever uh, played with him. You know, I spoke to Keith Peacock about him uh, because obviously, as um, as we spoke to Keith on. Many occasions about the team I first went to watch. Um, he spoke. He spoke very highly of Matt and uh, and it was very sad. I mean, not just because um, he passed away last week. It was um, you know, the dementia that hit him as well in, in later years. It was really sad to read. Um, but yeah, I mean, he will always be a legend of mine because he was part of that first ever side I ever watched.
2: Cheers, Terry. Thanks for that. Right, let's have a quick break here on uh, Charlton Live. When we come back, we'll start to focus on the Papa Johns.
1: So we meet again, and I offer my hand. all dry try an English slow, and you look at me, and I understand. Yeah, it's a look I used to know.
3: Real-time Good ball out here on the right hand side of Smith. Smith, ball into the box, for... and he can't get it superb goal by Charlton, brilliantly worked on this right-hand side, Smith with the cross, and
1: ecos on hand to bury his header.
2: Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. I hope you're enjoying the show. Just before we turn our attention then to Tuesday's game with uh, Letting Orient, I think that's how much I know about the competition. I forgot who we're playing. (laughs) Uh, we got one tweet in from Dave Kitchen. Now, Dave, clearly... uh, you know I mean he's used quotation works around the phrase excellent joke here but I think he means my joke about Conor Washington was excellent uh, so he's provided us and I got to use it again yesterday actually because about three minutes after Conor Washington came onto the pitch uh, they suddenly announced the, the winner of the, the US election so again I got to use that on air so clearly a crack and I got a text from one of the other presenters saying it was a great joke so I mean not my words the words of uh, Nick Godwin from BBC Radio London so m- must be a good joke but anyway Dave said uh, Louis uh, some grown worthy names Names uh for name observations of the Charlton squad to go with your excellent joke. Uh we've got two US presidents in there, uh Washington and Madison. We've got a dog, Barker, a cat, Purrington, Alcohol, we have Brewer, Forster Cask, Gilby, and Git Innis. Ryan Git Innis. Yeah, that, see they all work. See, uh, Terry, I mean stretching in... it. <laughs> go again, Terry, I didn't hear that.
3: I said that was stretching it the last one.
2: <laughs> ah, well, you know, we've be I've been dragging out this Artistic corner Washington lessons, joke for nearly yeah. a month now, so <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Did you did you enjoy that, Benji? If you got any of your own, you'd like to add?
4: No, but I am sure you have. So I look yeah. forward to listening <laughs> to your <laughs> ones. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, <laughs> no I, I've got no further other to say, other than to say that Connor Washington joke was can absolutely you, brilliant.
3: Can you imagine? Given uh, Lee Bowyer's mood yesterday, if you'd have cr- tried to crack that Washington joke to Lee Bowyer yesterday, I, I reckon he'd have found you in the stands.
2: <laughs> you should have seen his face when I mentioned the Papa John's <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's it let's hear his reaction then so on uh Tuesday then we're facing uh Leighton Iron in the uh in the group stage, our final group stage game of the Papa John's trophy uh, a competition we're already out of now you may remember we actually started our season uh with a game in this trophy the game we were beaten 2-1 by AFC Wimbledon over at Loftus Road uh the night that Thomas Sangab was there and we fought the uh, the, the injunction hadn't gone through. Everyone was delighted, and then the next day it did go through anyway. Um, so we 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 lost that one. Then we drew with um, Brighton and Hove Albion about three or four weeks ago at the Valley. Uh, Albie Morgan got his first goal for, at the Addicts in that game, and then we won the penalty shootout. So we actually have two points, but unfortunately we, there's not enough to go through. Other teams uh, have a insurmountable lead uh, over us in that group stage, so we can't go through. Uh, but with the 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 hectic schedule that we've had recently. Uh, And Lee you sort of mentioned something along the lines of how disappointed he was that we have to go again on Tuesday. I did say to him yesterday, and this is his reaction when I asked, uh, does he think that the Papa John's trophy should have been ditched this year? For
6: sure. They're not for us. These competitions ain't ain't for clubs like us. They're not. They're for the Premier League. So then the Premier League teams can play their under-23s in there, or under-21s, whatever you want to call them. They're not for us. What are we gaining from it? We're not gaining nothing. Maybe a little bit of experience from our young lads but it is, it is silly. it's silly. It's pathetic. Stupid cup. No one cares. Who cares about it? So I bet there ain't many people that care about this cup. So no it's not for us. It's um. don't know where it's come from. I don't think it was playing around when I was playing. So yeah it's, it's silly. You have like two t- you have a team that can put their under 21 team in it. Like who's that who's that for? That's not, that's not a rule. That, what, what sort of competition is that? That a, a Premier League team can put in their under-21s. Pathetic.
7: Um, so, Lee, obviously, this past week, a few of your players were called up for their international teams and you will have a game rescheduled because of that. Is that frustrating, especially in this season with coronavirus and everything, to lose players, the international break, and have that sort of disrupt the flow?
6: Again, it's like the Cups. We're trying to cram a million things into this season. We've got these stupid Cups and we've got international players now. I'm speaking to my lads. they played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for I don't know how long. And then now they're going to play three games in 10 days with their national team. Like, what the hell's going on? What are they trying to do to the players? It's if they're not getting punished enough as it is by cramming league games in, then you've got to throw in stupid cup games here and there and everywhere. And then now they've got to go away and play three games in ten ga- uh, free games in ten days with their with their national side. Like it's just crazy. And then wouldn't they come back and they're injured for us? Then what? Or they get injured because they've just played three games in ten days, they get injured on the Saturday when they come back to us. It's crazy. It's so. just
2: I don't get it, mate. I don't get it. Yeah, Bo does not hold back when you talk to him about the Papa Johns. He does not think that this is a... He he thinks this is a competition that should not be played, Ben. And and, uh, you could probably see why. I mean, it it comes back to this, you know, chucking in the under-21 teams for the Premier League sides. It's embarrassing that we have to play them in the first place. And it is, especially this year of all years when the season's been so truncated and we have to squeeze games into, you know, even squeezing the league season in has seen us play three or four league games on Tuesday nights already. I and mean, it's ridiculous that we're still going ahead with this competition.
4: Totally agree with Lee Bowyer and yourself there. It's, it's silly, isn't it, really? I mean, hmm. they've, they've loved the competition so much, they've only just named it the Papa John's Trophy a few days ago. So if they really liked it that much, then surely it would have been named before that. But look, if anyone's criticising Lee Bowyer, Let's look at the injuries we've received Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, playing those games lately for the league to play catch-up. We've had Alfie Doughty out for three months. Famao's just got injured as well. We've still got long-term injuries coming back slowly, not saying that's resulted in it, but we don't need these extra games. We're suffering already. And look, the the decision to shove these under-23 teams in for what five six years ago when they come in is to jazz up the competition because obviously people found it quite boring but look, at the end of the day I, I personally we're not going to look back and go oh do you remember when we got in the semi-finals of the uh of the football league trophy or the Papa John's trophy whatever you want to call it you don't really do you it's only when you get to the final and have a day out of Wembley which we which we can't do now anyway I mean Portsmouth when they won it against Sunderland, that created a lot of, um, m- m- uh, what do you call it, a lot of a bit, stories lot about...
2: Of memories and excitement, but it's yeah. embarrassing to be involved in that trophy because it means you're I, in League One.
4: Yeah, I, I saw them celebrating it like mad. And at the end of the day, if you'd have said to a Portsmouth fan, would you want it to take that trophy away and remember that? Or losing the say, playoff semi-finals? So, of course they wouldn't. They would rather have concentrated on a league, but... Because that, that game was two big teams coming against each other with two big uh, fan bases where it was a lot of fans attended that game. Maybe that was hyped up a lot more than it was because at the end of the day, it's a pointless trophy. Come on, it's under 23 teams. They're basically like old reserve matches used to be. So, look, with our injury list as it is, has been at the moment, I can totally agree with Boya's comments. We don't need it. And we're out with it already, aren't we? So...
2: So yeah, I exactly. Kind of on yeah, Terry. Terry, I guess the the only concern now is then because obviously we we will go on on Tuesday. You'll be commentating. I'll be working. Is does this now mean that we don't get free pizza?
3: I think that's the burning question. Everybody should be asking. I know they forget the the football side of things. I think um, you know the fact that uh, Lebo has, has dismissed this uh, noteworthy trophy i mean according to the efl website it is the third most prestigious trophy in the country which uh, which is stretching it uh but uh, yeah so uh, we you know as soon as it became the uh the papa John's thing we're all thinking oh hello does that mean uh maybe uh you know just sweeten the uh um the press because obviously the press are important uh i bet the players still get one uh but i don't think we will uh, certainly leave both yeah. not, but uh yeah. no it's uh, everybody knows it's just nonsense i mean if, even even Forget about normal. Even if in a normal season, it's it's just a joke, and uh, um, they put the under twenty three sides or under twenty one sides from the Premier League, and under the auspices of oh we're we're bringing through the the best English talent, so to give them match experience. And then you look at um, something like Chelsea's under twenty under twenty one or under twenty three side, and there's like ninety percent people from different countries. So <laughs> I don't know how that's helping the uh, the youth of of, the, of England to to uh, reach heights. Um, and, and so even even normally it's a ridiculous trophy, but then you add the, the whole truncated season because of COVID-19 and then, you know, you, he uh, you also uh, um, had, a, had a pop at the Nations League and it's the same sort of thing. When you've got so many fixtures squished into a, a shortened league across Europe, not just us, then then surely the, somebody with a bit of common sense would say, right, this season, let's just knock on the edge. Let's just forget about it for this season. If we want to, we'll revisit and we'll all bring it back next season when when things are back to normal. But for now, you know we're expecting players to just go full tilt uh, two games a week two full on 90 minute encounters a week and and uh, it's just well some some teams can handle it you know the big sides can handle it because of the squads but uh, you know normal the normal world and you know that we live in it's just it's just stupid really it's just asking for trouble and asking for injuries
2: yeah, certainly is, and it will feel like a bit of a waste of time on Tuesday night. But don't forget to buy your Valley Pass stream, of course, because Terry uh, will be there commentating, and uh, it'll be it'll be going full gusto on it. Um, I noticed actually today that Tom Wallin bought a Papa John's pizza this afternoon, but he's clearly he's, he's clearly got his head now. He's a real sucker for the corporate machine, that boy. Um, so he's gone ahead. Uh, he's gone ahead and, and uh, got some Papa John's. Hopefully, we'll be doing the same uh, on Tuesday. I'm not getting paid for this. I don't, I, it's clearly got into my head as well now. Domino's is much better anyway. Right, let's uh, <laughs> move on to our final our, our final bit. Uh, we'll have a quick break here on Charlton Life. When we come back, we're going to hear from a Charlton fan based out in Australia.
5: Shinny prepares to take. Shinny to takes. Shot. It's a shot. Oh, great break <laughs> Too strong for Eastwood, he dived to his left, but it's past him. And Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now st- opens his Charlton account with a lovely free
2: kick. And Charlton, just before half time, make it two.
1: That you're gonna be okay anyway, you know, there's no reason. Charlton Live,
2: right? Welcome back to the final segment then of uh, this week's Charlton Live. Now, anyone who's been uh, paying attention online recently would have seen. Uh, about a fan called Lee Fender who lives out in Australia Uh, and he's uh, come up with a superb idea over the last few weeks uh, to try and get Charlton fans uh, to club together, put a little bit of money into a pot and help uh, parents uh, buy a load of uh, Charlton shirts you know with Christmas coming up and everyone uh, short of a few quid unfortunately with with the way things are going at the moment uh, he did that also uh, some of the shirts are going to be given out by the community trust to people in the local area as well so it sounds like a, a great way to get uh, some of the some of the the disadvantaged local children uh, involved with the club as well and hopefully spawn some uh, new addicts fans so anyway I caught up with Lee uh, over Zoom uh, this morning it was uh, well this morning our time at uh, this evening what well, his, that evening, his time uh, out in Australia uh, and I asked uh, Lee how the idea came about well, it just came about because uh,
7: in the Charlton unofficial Facebook group uh, I'm pretty well known on there, I, apart from that I'll keep you very quiet, uh, of just buying tickets each month and giving them away to people that can't necessarily afford to go I've lived here for a long time now in Australia so I can't to the games myself, so but I still like to financially support the club. And um, I thought well, this was probably a couple of years ago now. I just thought, what better way than to just buy tickets and uh keep the gate money coming in, and uh pe- people with especially kids get to experience the football, so it just sort of started from there, and then COVID happened, which has uh, been a nightmare for everyone all over the world, you you guys more than me, and uh. Yeah, just decided people can't go to the stadiums, I'll buy a couple of shirts instead. And then the, the thought just came from there Christmas is coming up, lots of people in the UK are struggling financially. So I just people know me and trust me on the in the group, thankfully, because of my background with the shirts and tickets. And I just asked if anyone would be willing to donate two quid and see how much we can make to get a few shirts for kids for Christmas.
2: It you know, just uh, snowballed. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the idea really took off and obviously Thomas Sangard got involved. I mean, h- how much money did it raise in the end and, and how many shirts will that translate into?
7: Uh, well, from uh, the, the general public, it was uh, around £6,700. Uh, I, I can't tell you the exact figure off, off the top of my head, but uh, looking at the Charlton uh, official website, it was 6,700, so over 13,000. We managed to purchase 155 shirts with that the other day for the half that we raised uh, from the public. So the intention is from the Cholton Community Trust is to get the same amount of shirts. So we're looking at 310
2: shirts for kids. So that's an incredible amount, and and you must be really pleased with with the take up there. Um, I mean, because you mentioned that obviously you're out in Australia now. So is this is this your way of of staying in touch with the club? Because obviously with with uh, with, with such a long distance, I guess the fact that if, if this was 20 years ago, it might have been a bit more difficult. But now you can you can keep in touch with with the various fans groups via via the internet and stuff, and still feel you're part of the the Charlton community. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even
7: at the end of our time in the Premier League uh, over here in Perth, I could occasionally watch a match if it was on Foxtel, which is the sky of Australia. Um, But mostly it was just audio commentary through a 56k modem. And uh, even then, I, I was very well known for staying up through the middle of the night. And even when I was deployed in the Navy, I'd find a way of tuning into the commentary.
2: And so obviously coming back to the, to the initiative, obviously it's great to see Thomas Sangard getting involved. Um, how, how did you first hear that he wanted to, to be part of the, of the project? Twitter.
7: It was Twitter. Um, I mean, I, I never approached him in any way. A few people, uh, I think I've mentioned this to the official Charlton, uh website, but Quite a few people messaged me and said I should approach Thomas Sangard and see if he'd put in. But as I've said, he's supported the club just by saving us. Really, I uh, didn't think it was appropriate to go asking the new owner if he'd be willing to sort of chip in and buy buy 150 shirts. So it started on the, the Facebook group. The message started getting out on Twitter, and then all of a sudden, Thomas Sangard comes out and says he's pretty impressed and he's willing to match whatever we earn So, uh, not not sure if he's still happy about that when he because he just started rising after that yeah. so even the fact that he uh came in and said he'd match it I think that gave a lot of people incentive as well
2: yeah it worked out really nicely so um well, obviously as, as you're a Charlton fan as well I should ask you a couple of questions about about the how the club are getting on this season obviously you mentioned Thomas coming in um, yep. I mean, everyone seems to be really pleased with how things have turned around since since he came in. So you enjoying watching the uh, the team play from afar. Oh, I never miss a game, never do, and I'm really impressed.
7: I think the biggest uh, the biggest one to impress me is actually Ryan Innes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, people are talking about strikers and midfielders, but Ryan Innes, uh, what a way to come through! I mean, the guys have. Uh, had a difficult life himself. And uh, that's that's what the Cholton shirts was about. Uh, and just to see him actually shine for Cholton after just being in the wilderness with Palace, getting loaned out constantly. The guy's a machine. He really is. Uh, I think he's going to go well. He's only 25 now. He's got a good goal left in him. and I think yeah. he's going to do well for
2: us. Yeah, I've been, I've been very impressed. So what, what do you think we can achieve this season?
7: Always hope for promotion, mate. Automatic. Uh, don't want to play Sunderland again in a playoff final. I think we've had uh, too many hard stopping minutes with that the last couple of times. And one of my oldest friends is actually a Mackham. So this goes on every year. Uh, no, I'm going for automatic promotion. I think we, we could get a couple of injuries at the moment. Uh, Sangard and Bowie will look at that during the transfer window, January if we have to. But we're going for promotion.
2: And why
6: not?
7: Yeah, we're a
2: good club. Yeah, I think, I think, I think hopefully we, we should be up there. Well, Lee, thanks so much for joining us on, on Charlton Live. And, and congratulations again for your, for your shirts program. This has obviously really caught the imagination and helped a lot of parents out at a difficult time and hopefully uh, spawned a new generation of Charlton fans out there as well. Thanks, Louis. I just want to make sure while we're on, I want to thank everyone who donated
7: and especially the Valley Store uh, Shop Class uh, staff. I just want to thank Debbie and Ju. They've worked tirelessly on their day off this weekend as well, just to get these shirts out. So They should be heading out early next week. But, yeah, just want to make sure they're acknowledged too, mate.
2: There we go. That was Lee Fender, the Charlton fan. Absolutely brilliant work from him. And well done, of course, to Thomas Sangar for jumping on the idea and, and doubling the money. So it means there's going to be a lot of shirts out there on the – or on uh, on on the backs of some some children who hopefully will be uh, encouraged to go and support the club or we'll hopefully just appreciate the gesture uh, as well. So really well done. So right, we've uh, come to the end of uh, this week's chat on life. Now don't forget, we're not going to be here next week. It's the international break. Our game against Roch- Rochdale has been uh, postponed. Uh, so therefore, whatever happens against uh, Leyton Orient in in the Pizza Trophy, you won't know via us anyway. I mean, you can look on the website, but you know what's the fun in that? But yeah, so we we, we won't be back till Thursday week uh, when we'll. Look ahead to whatever the game is. Then I think it might be like Gillingham away or something like that. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll find out nearer the time. Uh, Benji and Terry, thank you for joining me. I um, hope you enjoy your Papa John's pizza this week. Guaranteed. Depending on what topping they put on it, though, I'm fussy.
4: <laughs> Cheers, Louis. Looking forward to taking a piece of that action.
2: Hey, there we go. That's worse <laughs> than my Washington Cheers, joke. Right. Uh, thanks <laughs> to all, joined... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks all of you who've joined. Yeah. Thanks to all of you who've joined us then on Charlton Live this week. Uh, we shall see you. In a couple of weeks time.